0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. City Chronicles is a media chronicles production.
1: Hello, and welcome. To our latest edition of the Syriac Chronicles Q and A podcast, where we get to your questions that you send us through the week. Um, it's me, Nikki. I can't see my own name today. Me, Nikki Bandini, with Mina Rizuki <laughs> alongside me, as always. Uh, Mina, I'm going to jump right in with the um, top question that's just appeared off the Google sheet. Where's the questions gone?
0: (laughs) They've gone onto the main page. (laughs) All right. (laughs) His organisation has made it terrible for you.
1: (laughs) Some confusion just now because um, um, our producer, who was being so organised, that he took some questions out of our questions Google sheet, moved them into our runtime Google sheet and I was in the wrong Google sheet. We're back on track. Mina, does the loss of... Victor Ossiman, remove Napoli from the title race or does it just bring Inter more into it? Can Milan hang on for the duration? That's from Andy Heffler, the Manchester. I'm trying not to laugh now because we've just had a conversation before we recorded this about the lack of sirens in the background where I live. And immediately there's been a siren now. So all of my big talk has been ruined. Um, nevertheless, chaotically, I get you to that question, Mina. Does the loss of Ossiman take Napoli out of title race or does it just bring... Into more into it. Can we I mean, hang on for duration from anti in Manchester? We kind of talked about this a bit on our main show this week, but maybe we can address this more directly. Mina, what do you think? Even with Osman, I was
0: struggling with Napoli in the title race. I thought they would always be protagonists because I'm a little bit in love with Luciano Spalletti. Maybe because, not usually, but maybe because I feel like he's faced a lot of backlash and the fact that he's sitting there being worried about seeing into fans. Like, he built those foundations. So I'm not entirely sure why he's been subjected to so much hate. I get it with Totti and, and, and Roma, but he is a marvellous, marvellous tactician. And they are a marvellous team. But I do think they are dependent, sadly, on Anguisa and on Osman. And I think losing Ossiman for potentially up to February... Um, and then for a, a month as well for the Africa Cup of Nations is huge and not just from what they bring from a tactical and sporting point of view but also from a mentality point of view I mean I mentioned this in the in the main podcast but they just they never give up and they are desperate for the results and they have a warrior-like mentality and Greece has come from the Premier League Osimhen is a player that really wants to show you the beauty of his play and he's just somebody that's really loves to play football. So you see that at all times. He plays with a smile on his face, always trying to win. And it's a huge loss to lose him and also the way to lose him as well with the fracture on his cheek. You really felt for him because uh, he... I mean, he's somebody who's being watched by Real Madrid right now. He is being watched by some major clubs because everyone can see that this is a guy that loves his football and never gives up. And losing Mm. him is obviously going to have a huge dent. It's like Fiorentina losing Blaovic. But again, I'm not entirely sure that Milan can hang on either, because I wonder whether you know having to rotate the the team as much as they have whether it's all going to catch up to them eventually. Whether you know they always they started the season really well last year and then fell off too. For me, I'm struggling to see right now, and I couldn't have said this before. It's only recently that I'm saying this that it seems to be Inter because. I'm yet to see a side that's as complete, that has the squad depth, that has the unpredictability of their tactics, that has alternatives in terms of subs and men and formations and versatility, physical, complete, ball playing. It's got to be Inter, right?
1: Yeah, I I think it's um, it's so fascinating. And I'm trying not to to jerk my knee, even though we... uh, uh, we enjoy doing those sometimes, having our knee-jerk reactions. But I, 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 I think it's, it's fascinating how much that sort of one weekend can make a difference. Because seven points is a lot, right? Like seven points. Yeah. We've been saying it's early in the season, and seven points you can make up, but it's a lot. And to get those three points back on both of the top two teams at the same time, really did feel like it changed that picture in a hurry. Because suddenly four is. Make that up in two games. They don't even have to lose any of them. Make could draw those two games, and you can make that up. So definitely, it's a, it's a huge weekend for bringing Inter back into the title. I think that that much is is beyond doubt. Does it remove Napoli from the title race? Uh, to me, it's it's a no because I think as long as you've got the best defense in the league, which so far they do, you you can win the league. That's that's on its own a good enough starting point. When you've got best defense in the league, and you've also still got Options up front that include Insignia, Lozano, Mertens, Patania. You see, how I struggle to even say it with Patania. I'm too harsh on him. <laughs> um, I actually like him sort of... <laughs> in his character, but I, I'm not convinced by him as a footballer. Um I, I think you can't say that that team is is suddenly out of the equation at all for me, Um, but it's certainly a huge blow. And it's it's really hard not to sort of just feel, as you say, as a person for Ossiman, because, you know, players get these reputations, right, as injury-prone. And in some cases, that's probably maybe even justified, right? If it's a player who's blown out the same knee three times, you think, well, there probably is some damage there that's been done now, and it's hard to sort of ever be confident that knee's going to be fine. These injuries Ossiman has had are so incidental, he, it's literally a clash of heads with Sreeniyar that causes this injury, and it's not a deliberate foul. It's not something that's happened on purpose. But that's not because you're injury prone. That's because someone's head smashed into your head. And and what what are you going to sort of put that down to? Bad luck is all you can put it down to. But he's had some really bad luck with injuries now, two seasons in a row. And yeah, it's it's a big blow to, to Napoli's title cha- challenges. Especially so, because as we've been talking about, as we talked about on the main show this this week, the injury comes at a time when it's a hugely concentrated run of matches, and then these are the Africa Cup of Nations. So you're going to lose a lot of games with him if he got, if he does go to the Cup of Nations. But it doesn't take them out of the title race I me. Mean, to, to take to answer the question directly, no, it doesn't take them out of the title race. Um. Even because even if you did drop some points in this period, how many points are you going to drop? He'll be back. If he comes back in February, is it really so many that you then can't make something up? Um, as for Milan, can they hang on for the duration? I think on that one, the proof will be in the pudding because last season they were here, right? Like last season at this time of year, they were leading the way and then they didn't last the duration. So you, you have to prove it to me, but I think we can say that they are better set up in some ways than they were a year ago. Tanali is better than he was. So you've got more depth in the field. You've got Giroud out of attack, so You've got another option up front. Okay, you lost Chalinoglu. But to me, that's made up for by the progression of someone like Raphael Leal being better than he was last year. So again, can they? Yes. Will, they? different question. And I'm looking forward to finding out, I think, is the answer for me.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one, but... I actually think that we don't know quite yet, even though they both suffered their first loss. I I don't know who is going to recover. I think that shows you a lot because sometimes we've seen that with Milan, if they do hit a hurdle, it might tend to last for a little bit. Or at least that's Stefano Peori's sort of career history is that they have a wobble and then it takes them a while to get out of it. I don't know if this is considered a wobble or it's just, you know, it's just one loss and it's not more than that. I'm interested to see how they recover from this, because I wonder for Napoli whether or not they've given you the blueprint on how to defeat them. And And I th- I think that if you do look at that team and you see just how much into push to get an extra inch, you know, and, and force Napoli to sort of fall apart on a mental level, whether that's something other teams can do. I've been waiting for someone to do that, and I don't think any side they faced have. And I wonder whether now people will have more confidence to go to Napoli and try to take them on. And they do have Lazio next week. So I'm interested to see how that works out. we got another question that's similar because it's on Juve. And actually, and I I thought that we can go to that one. And Vivek says that considering that Milan, Napoli and Inter seem like they will be the top three this season. So there's already an assurance there that they're going to be top three. How big would the consequences be financially for UV if they don't finish top four? Would they be forced to sell the likes of Blockatelli and Kiesa? I think someone's dreaming of it. Or maybe not.
1: <laughs> I think um, it's an assumption too far to say that Milan, Napoli, and Inter will be in the top three. Uh, it's certainly right now. Really? Those, I think right now they look the most likely. But you know, it's still 13 games played. There's twenty-five matches left to play. Yeah,
0: Do I if yeah. you're asking
1: me for my well, come prediction. On, they're the strongest teams, no? If you're asking me for my prediction, yes, I expect they'll be in the top three. But I don't think um I don't think you can call it automatic. I think there's a chance that one of them goes into a run of bad form for any reason. It could be injuries, it could be something else, you don't know. So it's too soon for me to say they're guaranteed top three, but I'll 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 accept the premise that they're the most likely. And if they do all, then the the fourth spot is terrifyingly competitive if they do. Because you've got Juventus who certainly expect to be there. You've got Atalanta who are really not dropping much off, are they? I've sort of said a few times earlier in the season, I wasn't sure if they could keep it up for another year. But by and large, they are. By and large, they are still at that level. Um You've got Roma who... I have my doubts, but certainly that's the ambition to get back in there. You even have, um, as well as Lazio, you you even have Fiorentino all of a sudden starting to creep up the table and just nudge at that door a little bit. So it's certainly got the potential to be a really, really fascinating fight for fourth place. Um, Do I think it would force Juventus to sell the likes of Locatelli and Kiesa? No. Um, I think those are probably the two players who come hell or high water, the club would not sell. I mean, unless, <laughs> unless, I would say Locatelli is almost impossible after one season, it's too soon. They got him at such a good price. Um, there's still parts left to pay. I can't see it happening. Keir that I could only see happening if he individually was so badly behaved about it, was like, I'm not tolerating this, I'm leaving, that he could force their hand. But I really doubt it again. I think he's very much the player who the club is aware they need to build around. So I just don't see that happening. And truth be told, when times have been tough financially for Juventus, while they're not one of these ownerships that pours limitless money into the club, Exor, the Agnelli family are one of those ownerships who tend to find some money Behind the sofa when they need it, right? Like, you know, they will find, they'll do another fundraiser, they'll do another thing, they'll get some money into the club to to keep what needs to be kept. Other players may have to get sold, but those two, I can't imagine it happening.
0: I mean, in terms of cash injection, they are the, like you said, I think they're very good at that. And they've already put quite a lot of money into UV. And there's 400 million that will be put in now over the winter transfer market, not for the market, just over this period of time, which will now be received. I think, if anything, they're a team that will probably spend money to try to get back, but they do need to obviously get rid of players like Ramsey. Um, I don't know what's going to happen when it comes to uh, Rabio, what, what they think of him and what they don't think of him. There's been a lot of mistakes that they've obviously made, like sometimes, like reading on Twitter yesterday, you know, seeing Joao Cancelo and then knowing that you have Danilo, it's like, what just happened? <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't think that in, in despite everything that they may get through and they may not make top four, which I still think is unlikely. And I don't know why I think that I don't know whether it's me being somebody that just thinks that I trust Allegri so much that I can't see that happening. Um, but it won't be Locatelli and Casa. They'll let go of Alvaro Morata. They might let go even of Dybala, um, But I think that if there is anyone that they will sell to try to get capital gains, it will be Kulusevsky, for the simple sake that he would command some money. And they don't feel like it would hurt as much as giving up somebody like Glockatelli and
1: Kayser. I think if a really high profile one had to go, if a really high profile one had to go, it would probably be reluctantly, I think still, because they'd never get back the transfer fee they paid for him, but I think it would be delayed because it's still a big salary and something you might be able to get as some sort of yeah. cash from. I can't see it being Locatelli yeah. and Chiesa. I just can't.
0: Also, no, Locatelli and Chiesa don't want to leave. Chiesa's is very happy where he is. He has mm. got no interest in moving and he feels like he's developing nicely. Dilith, incidentally, I don't know because he's obviously being repped by Mino Raiola, who likes yeah. to move his players on. He is very happy where he is and he feels like he's learning a lot as well. He feels his, his yeah. girlfriend is very settled there. He's very happy with his lifestyle there. He's close to De Vrij as well, who's in Milan. Um, so I don't know from that point of view, whether he wants to move right now and change everything up with, with it, with it being so close to the World Cup. So these are all interesting questions that you have to think about because players have to be willing to move on and, and and want to, you know, engage or whatever. It's because Dybala turned down Manchester United. So, you know, I mean, it can happen. So it, it's tough to sell players if they don't want to go, but it's about obviously making smarter decisions going forward. But here's the thing. Nikki: do you see them finishing
1: outside the top four? I, I don't, honestly. <laughs> it's I a don't. possibility. It's possible because, as I've said, the, the race is so competitive. Uh, it really is going to be a furious fight for that top four. And, and as I've sort of said as well, I, I don't completely rule out anyone, uh, slipping out of that. But I, I think in the end, my prediction is that it would be the, the four clubs mentioned here who all get in. I think it'll be Milan, Inter, uh, Napoli and Juventus. But, you know, even saying that, that leaves Atalanta out and Atalanta are playing well. So it's not a foregone conclusion at all. It's going to be a serious fight. All right. One more question for this week's uh, Q&A podcast. Mina, oh, I, I like this one and I hate it. Um, What would you starting, I hate it because it's going to make me think about this whole playoff. I don't want to think about it. I want to bury my head in the sand and not even consider that Italy could miss the World Cup. but Ostrich time. Yeah, you're right, exactly. Just head in the sand for the next four months. Um, what would your starting 11 be for Italy's World Cup qualifying playoff matches? I'm hoping Spinazzola is back for the playoffs, playing next to Benucci, Chiellini and maybe Bastoni. In midfield, I'd go with Pellegrini, Veratti, and Barella. Up front, Zagnolo, Chiesa and Immobile. The question comes from, Jeffrey Garafolo, who is in Brooklyn, New York? Oh, that is such a good question. And I'm like, I don't want to
0: think about it because I just, oh, I agree with you. But I like the team that you mentioned. I'm not going to lie, I, except there's only, clearly I think you're a Roma fan <laughs> um, for the simple sake that you talk about how needing Sparnett but then I think maybe that's normal. Then you mentioned Zaniolo and Pellegrini, Again, I love pedigree, but I probably wouldn't have Zaniolo. That's the only one that I would disagree with you. Interesting to see you've left out Insigne and Jorginho. Ah, my producer's told me you're a Napoli fan. So, wait, hold on. You're a Napoli fan and you haven't included
1: Insigne? Are we soulmates? (laughs) speaks volumes.
0: Oh, we're soulmates. We're soulmates. Yeah. (laughs) me i'm joking okay all um, right um but that does speak volumes doesn't it i mean for you not to include your captain my captain you know that is um yeah that's that's interesting and also you didn't include di lorenzo you're a good little fan you really don't like your own players um so here's my choice i would have spinazzola bonucci Chinini, calabria you know i'm gonna say that i think he's just mm-hmm. i think he's just um in the midfield I would have Locatelli over Verratti I know that everyone loves Verratti I'm not a fan as much as everyone else is um and also I think it's a better mix if I do include Pellegrini and I love Pellegrini and I just feel like with him and Locatelli I think it works better um and I would also have Barella, but I don't know about leaving Jorginho out so So maybe it would be Giorginio, Locatelli and Barella. I think that's what I'd probably go with up front. I wouldn't actually mind putting, uh, I would definitely have Chiesa. I would definitely have Berardi. And this is the interesting question is, you know, do we have Immobili up front? But he doesn't work well with Chiesa. So then, then that's a problem. And the front is where I have an issue because there are some, some really good players there, like in the sense that there's no great striker. But I do like Pellegrini and I, I can't fit him into my midfield. So I don't know whether I would have like him in the trequartista role sort of behind the front too. But then that'd be changing too much. So the front line is where I have issues. I know I won't put in Zaniolo. I do like Insigne and Berardi with somebody like Immobile out front, but where's
1: Chiesa and all of that? So... I have no idea. What would you choose? <laughs> well, I've been trying to work out exactly what um Jeffrey's sort of shape is for this formation. Because when I first saw it, I saw Bonucci, Killian, maybe Bastoni, and I thought, okay, is that a back three? But looking at it, I guess with that group, maybe you're moving Bastoni to to fullback because you've got you've got 11 players there assuming you're assuming you're picking a goalkeeper which I'm I'm, nobody's mentioned but I just I think it's just it's Donnarumma's the obvious choice right like no one's fighting that choice then you could do that I mean look we are in the um the era aren't we of hybrid formations and and back fours that actually are back threes when you have the ball and and these sorts of things but I um I think for but who's me who's on the right there's too many left players no. Well that's what I was trying to work out. Spinazzola Bastoni You could you could swap Spinazzola to mm. the right. I think he's played there before but I would rather have him on the left. So for me I think I'm I'm probably looking at the same back four that you are meaning because I, I actually do want Calabria right back which is something that Mancini hasn't done a lot of. Obviously I want Spinazzola left back. I don't know if we can still be looking at Bonucci and Chiellini maybe it should be Bonucci and Bastoni although oh, I don't know when it comes to it Bastoni's more used to thinking back three I don't know maybe no not, not, a for the playoff, not for the payoff not for the payoff yeah change it for the world cup, for the not world for the cup. yeah I see I do see where you're coming from so let's call it back for the midfield three I I am always going to have Jorginho in there we've just been talking about this with our producer <laughs> in between sections I still think he was despite the way the year ended one of the most um brilliant footballers in the world this year. I think if you go back and watch those games of the Euros, but really watch Jorginho, you see that Italy win back possession so much because of him and not in an obvious way, not in a Chiellini sliding tackle way, in a consistently intercepting the ball and breaking up opposing attacks way. And I think that's so important in that midfield. I I think honestly, for me, the best midfield three is still the same midfield three that we had the Euros, which is Verratti, Barella, and Jorginho. And I understand everyone sort of itching and wanting to change because of the last few results, but I think that's still the best midfield three. Not Locatelli. Locatelli's brilliant. I expect you to use him within the 90 minutes. I think Mancini. Look, I think we are in an era, by the way, where your 11 is not everything anymore. I think that. Mm is so true now you have five substitutions. And I think that everything we've been talking about every week with Simone Inzaghi reaffirms it, like your management goes way beyond the first 11. And I think Locatelli is definitely part of the group, but is he the starting group? I'm not sure. I've even been wrestling as I'm talking about this, and I can't believe I'm even thinking this, but I'm wrestling within myself with whether the forward who I feel most sort of is important to Italy, which is Federico Chiesa. Part of me is thinking maybe he should be a last 30 minutes player. Maybe he should be allowed that's to, just be, to just be brilliant for half an hour. And maybe that's when you get the very most out mm. of him. In which case, yeah. is the starting three, I know everyone wants to torch him, but I like him over in the centre of my three because I think he works his bum off for the team. And then yeah. is, is your starting three if you're going to do that? Berardi on the right, Pellegrini to the left. I mean, not like wingers, but in a sort of 4-3-2-1 type shape. Um, maybe. I do think Berardi and Chiesa is a struggle for me because they both really do their best on the right. If it's not that, you know, you can certainly, you could certainly go with insignia on the left and I wouldn't hate it. You could certainly go with Chiesa on the right and I'd, I'd like it because I think Chiesa is better than Berardi. I just think I'm struggling with which way around do I think it's going to be more impactful. Assuming they're both going to play at some point in the ninety minutes, do I think that it that makes more sense to have Berardi start and Kiesa be the substitute just because of how they influence the game? Maybe, but it's it's a complicated question, and um, I think if I was Mancini, I would not be sleeping from here to March. So I'm glad it's someone else's problem.
0: I think it. You know what? You you hit the nail on the head when you said there's no more just starting eleven. Yeah. So I think what we need to look at is sort of like a game for 50, you know, to do it a little bit like Allegri does. He does 70, 20, right. Mm. But we play it sort of, you know, 60 minutes change. Yeah. Or whatever you like. But I, if I'm playing Berardi and Immobile, because I would, and and not like if, if I'm playing Immobile, I'm not playing Keza. Just remember that. Yeah. So Berardi, Immobile, let's say in senior or Pellegrini, um, then I would have Locatelli in my midfield. Um, and then for changes, I also really love Piscina. So <laughs> I'm like, when, you know, when you think of your midfielders and you yeah. think there's just so much talent, you know, and, there, and is. there is a part of me that thinks Zaniolo, if he can actually start producing and maybe I don't, not that he's not producing, but I do have issues sometimes mm-hmm. with the, with his attitude, um. I don't trust he have him a bad basically. attitude or anything like I don't. that. But there is a part of me that doesn't trust him exactly. You know, I trust Kaiser to give you everything he has mm-hmm. until the last moment. And Caser for me is that player. Like that sounds so awful when you speak of super subs. But Carlos Tevez was a super sub. You know, some great players, by the way. You know, um, Luis Muriel is like the world's greatest super sub, right? You know, um, and and. Kays are coming on and giving you everything for 30 minutes and being so dynamic against a tired defense with what Qantas So I wonder if we can just, you know, then switch it up and take off Immobile, bring on Benedeschi, who seems to be much better in an Italian national team shirt than anything else, you know, play with a more false nine and have Keza be your man, like just, you know, running everything and then have Veratti capable in midfield as well, you know. But I do okay. like the, the partnership,
1: Yeah. I was just gonna say, I think the thing with Chiesa that that is buzzing in my head that, that's complicated. Because again, I don't want anyone hearing this to misunderstand me. I think he's Italy's best forward in terms of talent. So it's really not me about too. not thinking he yeah. should be in the starting line for talent. No, no, it's not about that. It's about this game plan. Right. And and the thing that's in my head is you're going to use all of your changes. And if you're going to use all of your changes, when do I want to be absolutely certain that Chiesa is on the pitch? I want him on the pitch in the 19th minute. Because if, if it's the ninetieth minute and we need a goal, I need him to be on the pitch. So yeah, in some yeah, ways, it's too. almost like a guarantee doing it this way around that he's going to be on the pitch at the end. It's a weird way of thinking about it, but that is a bit of how I'm thinking about it. Especially if there's extra time as well or well, anything yeah. like that. Gotcha. You just,
0: you just want Chiesa there. You know what I mean? Mm. And the thing is, is also like Italy play, it, it, you know, people, if if they are getting angry about this, but you need to have your, obviously your, if you're holding a possession sort of like a Barcelona type team, then you need to have a, f- you know, fewer vertical points. Immobile is a vertical point and so is Chiesa. And so been Spinabzola. And so there's a point of, you know, you have to balance it perfectly, which is why for me Immobile and Kezer don't work. But I want Immobile because I think him and works so well with like Berardi and Insignia in the sense that they build play together. And if you want Berardi and Insignia, then you need Kezer as well, rather than Immobile, because I think, again, you build play together. So I don't know. But for me, I, I find it tough, despite the fact that I do have several issues with senior in general I do think he's brilliant for the way that Italy play their football. And so, again, it depends on how you play your football. And I think that for him and and for Berardi, they're essential. They're not necessarily my picks. Overall, if I'm choosing my own team and my own club, Kaysa is my first pick in every situation possible, you know. But sometimes when you are building a style of play and you need somebody to interact with you or whatever it is, then you have to choose different players for the style of play to progress and to be perfect. And you can't have two vertical points up front. So that's why you need to choose between what you're going to go for, a striker or chiesa. And then essentially you want both, right? Um, So maybe give
1: each of them 45 minutes and see what happens. I think there's one last thought on that, actually, with you saying about Insigne, is that one of the best things that happened to the Euros was Insigne and Spinazzola and how well they were dovetailing together. So that's another thing to think about, that individual relationships. Yeah.
0: You're so right. That quality that they had, and the understanding that they had, is what makes the difference. And that Bonucci, Killini, you know, which is why I'm not relu- I'm reluctant to break them up just yet. But anyway, that's all we have time for on the Saria Chronicles Q and A. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please keep bringing them in because we do have a lot of fun discussing them and, and um, trying to answer them as comprehensively as required. Get your questions in on Twitter at SediaConPod with the hashtag Chronicles Q and a Subscribe to the Sediacronicles Chronicles YouTube channel for clips of the show, and then you can see us in all our glory. And find both of us on Twitter at Nikki Bandini and at Mina Rizuki. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And please consider supporting the show, if possible, at SediaChronicles.com forward slash supporter. Thanks for listening. Ciao for now.
1: Smashed it. Woo woo. That was a fun q and I like those ones. Good questions. Should I pick that up or do you want to just do it from the beginning? What's easier for you, Sam? I can do it from the beginning. Because, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> you just leave it in. It's the Google shoot. Some confusion. Sports Social Podcast Network.